Body Conversations. This is Season 2, Episode 3. Joan Breibart talking to you about political correctness, which is killing us faster than COVID. Body Conversations is a podcast that looks at our physical bodies to understand how they impact American politics and culture. Let's face it, we're all deaf to this conversation, even though it's a threat to our economy, which is our real lifeblood. Liberals and conservatives avoid it like the plague, which it is. It's a taboo subject, even for someone like Bill Gates. At a recent Trump rally, 50% of the folks are obese, yet no one notices. While COVID has grown American bodies even larger, no one makes the connection. The mainstream liberal media merely blames Trump for America's high COVID numbers and poor outcomes. Just read the CDC diabetes statistics. They tell the real reason for our weakened immune systems. Did Republicans use this scientific data to silence the Democrats? No! They'd rather lose the election than touch this touchy body subject. Nancy Pelosi says, Americans are just wonderful, even though she's half the size of the typical American female. Meanwhile, the Eat Healthy beat up the body wellness brand's profit and grow their bottom line while American bottoms balloon. Public health chief Dr. Anthony Fauci refuses to use his new platform to criticize our size. The good doctor knows that Americans inhabit a politically correct body positivity, size inclusivity, everybody is beautiful kind of landscape. Wellness conversation ensures that no one's feelings get hurt and everyone should feel good. Such a happy, happy wellness world. But what about the coming unwellness from all the obesity-related sickness? Well, our solution is to simply euphemize it away by sprinkling the healthy word everywhere. Like a benediction. Euphemize now and euthanized later. Fatness, also known as consumer gluttony, is so un-PC that only Bill Maher has the balls to speak up about our huge bodies. The CDC's diabetes statistics show that a majority of Americans are already sick with obesity-related illnesses. 88 million of our 209 million adults are pre-diabetic. Prior to COVID, 34 million of us had the big D. Today, that number has undoubtedly swelled in tandem with our bigger bodies. We can assume that some of the pre-diabetics have migrated to full-blown diabetes, a nation of damaged bodies, invalids in the making. Our huge economy is also unwell. The solution? Free food! A recent CNN story out of San Antonio, Texas, showed lines of cars with their trunks popped open 
so that volunteers could shove in boxes of food for the hungry. The drivers of these cars were so obese that they had to move their seats all the way back so they could fit behind the steering wheels. Apparently, no one noticed. More food, food, glorious food. Americans are lugging around almost 8 billion extra pounds. Everyone here is hungry, even the affluent. Worldwide, 1 billion people are underfed and underweight. But they are on distant continents. They need many, 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 many meals. But do American adults? Well, of course we do. Give us more all-you-can-eat food joints and supersize me deals, and don't forget those healthy smoothies and the latest superfoods. Refrigerator-sized humans are hard to miss, but we're expert at doing so. Obesity is a 35-inch waistline, but not in the good old USA. Japan's obesity rate is 3.2%. Denmark, 17%. We're at 50% and growing. Politically correct phoniness is harming our bodies and our economy. It's reinforcing our tendency to oversensitivity and weakness. Wellness is a phony word to distract us from the dumb diets and dangerous exercises that failed us physically but made us better fiscally. We've been profiting for five decades on advising the public on what to eat, never on how much to eat. Eating what you don't want, also known as healthy, is a direct line to binging on what you do want. And we can eat so much food thanks to our overstretched stomachs. But it's not your fault. Blame McDonald's, Doritos, Netflix, etc., etc. But what about Oprah? Her 25 years of daytime TV pitched thousands of diets and exercise programs that just messed with our metabolism. The liberal mainstream media hates to hear about those weight loss stories that weren't done their way. Let me tell you a quick story about Juan. He is the superintendent of the building where I've worked for the past 40 years. Back in 2005, I noticed that Juan had sized up, if you will, and was carrying about 25 to 30 extra pounds on his 5 foot 3 inch frame. One day I told Juan he had to lose weight. We talked with a few words of English, a few words of Spanish, and a lot of pointing. Now Juan is not a touchy-feely kind of guy, so I didn't need to pussyfoot around. I went straight to the core. I pointed to his midsection and said, No bueno, and ustedes es con bebe. Since I couldn't think of the words for you look pregnant, so I said, with baby, and he laughed. Typically, people would then ask me about eating organic, as if it were a country, or about soul cycle or gluten-free diets or keto or vegan, etc. Not one, of course. I just had to say in my Spanglish, close your mouth sooner, stop eating so much and so often. He laughed, shook his head, and said, no problema. 
A year or two later, all his extra weight had disappeared. And unlike the liberal mainstream media who sucker Americans into healthy diets and wimpy wellness retreats, Juan lost the weight permanently. He is now trim and handsome and in his 70s. I don't know what he eats, and quite frankly, I don't care. He shrunk his stomach. Close your mouth sooner and stop eating so much and so often. If you need more proof, get this. A nutrition professor literally went on a hostess Twinkie diet. He lost 20 pounds just to prove that it doesn't matter what you eat. You just have to eat less of whatever it is that you're eating. Of course, this is upsetting to the wellness crowd because they want to blame everything on unhealthy foods so they can continue to profit with their green smoothies and overpriced exercise programs and devices. Inclusivity and diversity affect sizing of our actors, too. Every TV show and commercial has to show happy, obese people. In this new world, packaged by the mainstream liberal media, we have to make sure that every size is represented, even if doing so encourages others to size up. Every TV show and commercial has smiling, obese people enjoying life and proving that Fatness is okay. Even children's programming show chubby kids. We're normalizing fatness for kids. The insinuation is that obesity is a genetic disease and no one has control over their size. Strangely enough, prior to the 1970s, there were few fat people and a fat child was truly unique. Have we mutated in the past 50 years? Now that we've made obesity acceptable, we also have to enlarge our architecture, and we're doing it quietly. Since 2015, New York City taxis have grown to become vans. Taxi drivers hate these huge vehicles that are hard to maneuver and park, and let's not even talk about the gas guzzling. Passengers struggle with the huge, heavy sliding doors that threaten to close on a legger arm before you get inside. Seeing a huge van with one person screams, waste. Why do we go big with the cars? Well, do you remember 2008 and Wally, the award-winning Pixar film that spoke to our overconsumption? We became so fat that we could not walk, so we moved around eating nonstop in mobile lounge chairs. Today, these mobile scooters are more and more evident even on TV and Antiques Roadshow. Obviously, the older taxis can't accommodate the mobile chairs, so now we have the huge vans. And finally, disability ramps and extra-large bathrooms, which are fortunately not used too often, will soon see more traffic. And what about the World Health Organization? What's their advice? The WHO says that obesity isn't determined by BMI, but by the waistline. If your waistline is 35 inches or more, you're obese, plain and simple. But measuring people's waistline, which has been done in Japan since 2008 with great success, is very revealing. So, of course, we don't do that in America because we think that no one should feel bad and everyone should have a seat at the table even if they don't know a fish fork from a dessert spoon. 
Do you want to know the real reason why we left the World Health Organization? These public health experts actually said that obesity will cost society more than smoking ever would. That's why America had to leave, because we can't admit that we got it wrong. We traded our adult pacifiers, cigarettes, pipes, and cigars, which people have been enjoying for only 4,000 years, so we would become healthy. But without our adult pacifiers to soothe us and reduce our gargantuan appetite, we ballooned. In fact, a recent article in Time called Cigarettes, Appetite Suppressants. They added that we used to have a culture where 50% smoked and 100% of us inhaled. Now we are at 14% who smoke and we are mostly fat. So now that fatness is fine, we need to keep pumping out the body positivity, size inclusivity rhetoric, and the phony approach to eating because that'll make money for the wellness crowd who have the position and power to dominate the conversation. Forget making America great again. We're in Wimpville, USA, where everyone has an issue and everyone is touchy. It looks as if COVID will just be a warm-up for a never-ending wellness, or unwellness, really. But there is a solution right from Shakespeare. The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. Sorry, substitute the liberal media. And then we can do the right thing. Bring in the economists to fix our physicality without harming us fiscally.